Well, my name is Peter Caroline. I'm the Senior Minister here at Mary Creek Anglican. It's my privilege to be able to speak to you this morning as we have our a service celebrating Christmas, the birth of Jesus. And um, we're go- I'm going to preach on one of the most famous verses in the whole Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16, which some people say summarises the message of Jesus, the reason he came. And that verse says, I'll just remind you, you might have it printed on your brain or maybe not. Maybe you've got a T-shirt with it on it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so I want to begin by considering the fact that God loves the world. He loves the world. And that means... He loves you. He loves you. He loves you like a parent loves their child. Perhaps you have people in your life that you love heaps. Your mum and your dad, you might love, hopefully. Your brothers and sisters, your friends. Maybe some of you, it's your pet. Well, However much you love them, God loves you much, much more. But I know that not all of you will believe me when I tell you this. You'll be perhaps a bit sceptical that God loves you. After all, the universe is so big. When we look up to the sky, we see lots of stars. Scientists say there's about 200 billion trillion stars in the whole universe. That's more zeros than I have room for on my page. And so I'm just a little creature. Why would God love me? If God was a painter on a painting a big canvas, I'm just a little dot on that canvas. In fact, I'm not even a dot. I'm a dot on the dot. That's how small I am compared to the whole universe. So why would God love me? I can understand why you'd think that. King David, the famous King David of Israel, he was a creative bloke, liked to write poetry, which we call the Psalms. In his eighth Psalm, he thought about this exact question. And he wrote, uh, When I look up to the heavens and see the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars... What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. And then he thought about it for some some more. And eventually, by the time he got around to writing his 103rd poem, Psalm 103, he worked out the answer. He got close to it. And he said this, As a father has compassion on his children... So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. And here fear doesn't mean afraid of. It's an old Bible word that's important. What it means is bow down to, know who's boss. If you know that God is boss, if you bow down to him and acknowledge him, that means you fear him. It means he has compassion on you, says King David. 
So he worked out this conundrum, this amazing truth, that God is fully aware of who we are and how, yes, we are relatively small compared to the 200 billion trillion stars, and yes, that we began as dust and that we'll end up one day as dust again, and yet he chooses to love us like a father with a big and full and overflowing heart. And in fact, God doesn't just love you, he loves everyone. And when Jesus went around saying that, people got a bit outraged because they could understand, yeah, I can understand why God would love me, but why would God love them, my enemies, the people that don't look like me, the people that speak a different language, eat the wrong food? How could God love everyone? And Jesus said the point is that God is love. That's who he is. And this is what John 3.16 means when it says, for God so loved the world. It's like saying, for God's love was so overflowing. That's what it means. His love was just so enormous. But perhaps you're still not sure. Perhaps you, you can accept that God could love you, but you think, yes, but I am not worthy of his love. You don't think you're worth loving. Perhaps you're ashamed of something about yourself. You think, I, I've done stuff in my life which I know that God is not happy with. If, if people were to find out, they would reject me. I'm not worth loving, you think. But the thing is, anybody who has loved perhaps a little child or or a pet knows that the child or the pet, they don't need to earn your love, do they? When we got our first ever dog, Harry, in lockdown, September 2020, he came to our house as a six-week-old little tiny toy poodle. You could hold him in your hand like this. And we, as a family, just instantly loved him. We just just chose to love him. He's part of our family now. He didn't have to prove himself to us. He didn't have to earn our love. And in fact, very quickly, he started to do things that were completely annoying, uh, like pooing in random places. Very annoying. So, you know, a few weeks into having Harry, uh, one of us would get up in the middle of the night to get a glass of water, and we'd be in the dark walking up the stairs. And then, squish. What's that between my toes? Feels a bit cool down there. Harry! And, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Or two o'clock in the morning, we'd be asleep and then, yep, 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 yep. Somebody's walked past the house. All of these things Harry did, and yet we still loved him. He didn't have to earn our love. That is what unconditional love is like. And in the same way, God doesn't fall in love with us. It's, he's, not, he's not waiting for us to prove us to him. He says, I will love you no matter what. And in fact, he says a weird thing. He says, even if you stop loving me, I'll keep loving you. The reality is that it's true that we're not worthy of God's love because we have done things that are awful horrible things, and yet he chooses to love us anyway. And this is why 
Jesus, what Jesus said is what's called good news. It's incredible, good news. Now, perhaps you think, okay, I accept that God loves me, but it's not that great. You know, I mean, come on, it's his job description. It's his number one thing that he's got to do. That's what God does. He loves. He loves me. He loves people sitting next to me. He loves everyone. He loves the trees. It's not that significant, really. How much does God love me? When I was a kid, uh, my mum and dad used to play this little game with me. I think I was about three or four, and they'd say, it, was, it kind of became a running joke. They'd say, Peter, do you love me? And I'd say, yes. And they'd say, how much? And I'd say, 20 cents. Because I only knew the value of how much in money terms. I knew that 20 cents bought me some mixed lollies from the milk bar. And so we'd say this over and over again. But the question of how much does God love us is a good question. And it's answered in this famous verse. How much does God love us? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So God's son Jesus was a gift to us all. He's the 